0: The clock, fifty-three-five to go. It's an eight-point lead. They need a miracle. Listen, I remember it all. I remember the miracle minute because I drove to Maryland from Durham. Like I couldn't travel with the team, so all the games that I was at, I either drove or flew myself, just to be a part of it and support my teammates. So. Um, I remember the miracle minute, I remember driving and almost being late and just showing up right, right before the tip-off and kind of like just just, 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 just happy to be there.
1: That is Dante Jones reflecting on where he was for perhaps the most famous minute of basketball in Duke Hoops history. Welcome to episode four of Return to Glory, the story of the 2001 Duke Blue Devils. I'm your host, Jason Evans. When we last left the team, they were down 10 points with one minute left to a great Maryland team. 10 points in one minute. There's only one word for that. They needed a miracle. Here's Carlos Boozer. Miracle minute. And so our miracle
2: minute happens in this game. And it's a good game going back and forth. But to be honest, Maryland's kind of in control of this game towards the end of the game, to be quite frank. They're they're giving it to us pretty good. It doesn't look very good. We have a a timeout in the huddle. Coach K gives us – Coach K is a fucking leader. And he gives us instructions. And he's like – he looks every one of us in the eye. And he goes, we're going to win this fucking game. We're going to win this game. And you got to believe it. And we're down. I don't know. I feel like we're down like 15 – and we cut it down to like ten, with about a minute to go and some change,
1: right? Actually, it's ten points in fifty-four seconds.
2: Okay, so you know, yes, yeah, ten points, oh, yes. fifty-four seconds, and we're and we cut it down to ten. It wasn't like we were, you know, what I mean, it wasn't like it was. nah, we were, we were, we we're getting it handed to us. Coach K pulls all of us in. Everybody's standing up. Everybody's screaming at us. You guys suck. Overrated. All these different things, right? Chanting the worst things that you can you can you can think of, and it's just all of us huddled huddled up together, arms around each other. You know what I mean? Like we're I'm hugging my the guy next to me, he's hugging me, he's like like that. And Coach K says, "Listen, we're going to win this fucking game."
1: Duke freshman Chris Duhon has a similar story of the crowd taunting Duke and thinking the game was over.
3: You know, we're going out, and like the whole crowd is like overrated you know this big chat goes and overrated and uh we're walking out on the court and you know i look at jay and jay just winks at me so the first start going in my head like the fuck are you winking at me for like you fucking playing terrible like we about to get our ass whooped uh like and that's just going in my head and then we're walking out like Literally like the whole crowd's like that. And then there's like these two guys in the front row, like they stand up, they turn around and are like, not yet, not yet. And like right there was something I was like, okay, we might have a chance. (laughs) So, you know, then Jay just all of a sudden just does his thing, like gets a layup and then next thing you know, gets a steal, hits a three and they're like, oh shit, we're down five for like in five seconds, (laughs) like just like that. They need a miracle. There's one, Williams for three five. Now they need two
0: more miracles and Maryland will call timeout with 48.7 left.
1: The steal and quick three by Jay Williams was shocking. It happened so fast, even Williams himself can barely remember how he did it. I gotta be honest with you, I don't remember all the plays because it just, it, it, it,
4: I don't blame it. It happened so fast. You know, all I remember is hitting a three and then getting a strip. Uh, I don't even know how the plays actually went in rhythm. Like, I don't know if I'm saying one before the other. I just remember how it happened. Like, I remember the strip. I remember how Drew Nicholas, I felt like, just gave me the ball. And I was like, I'm probably going to foul, but I'm going to swipe at it. And I swiped that, and it just bounces off his knee. And I just catched it. I don't even know how I catch it. I shoot a three, and it's like, oh, shit. Like, okay. Like, it just... (laughs) It just happened that quick. It happened that quick, Jason. I I didn't even know how it happened.
1: Reserve Andy Borman told me you could sense a sudden shift throughout Cole Fieldhouse. The Maryland fans were suddenly terrified.
0: It was just pure, pure adrenaline. You know, just literally the layup to make it eight. Like, that's nice the steel to hit the three, holy cow, you know? And, and then like hearing, I don't know if you could hear it, but just sensing, like you could just feel it in the building. Like we had just been given a bonus life and their whole, the the whole place was like, you could just feel them like, Oh crap. Um, you know, so I, I just adrenaline. I, I don't I don't recall like there's so many specifics I do recall from that season, but like that was one of those moments where it's just happening so fast. I I, I watch it on TV and I'm yelling at the TV, you know so it, it's it's, uh, it's great. It's great. there's there is nothing I enjoy more than going back in time watching that that game and other games particularly Maryland on TV, and just watching us take their heart. There's nothing better.
1: The 10-point lead had been cut in half in a matter of seconds, but there was still work to be done. Coach K called timeout to set up Duke's strategy, and Nate James recalls what was going through his mind in those moments.
5: Let's lock in. Let's get the steal. Let's remember the scouting report. You know we're gonna press. Let's follow them into the corner. You know if they get in the corner, we're gonna trap it immediately. All right. If I get the ball, there's no hero ball. You know you look go back and look at the middle minute. You know everyone's talking about you know Jason hitting the shot, but it's like everybody did something. You know um, I get the steal. I'm not thinking oh I stole the ball. And I'm gonna shoot it. You, you you see that so many times. Like no, I stole the ball. Who's the best option? The best option. This dude right here. Who was hitting all the shots. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to steal the ball and I'm going to get it to J-Dub, you know, and we're going to keep doing it the
1: right way. So everyone played their part. We played it at a high level. And Ryan Kaldbeck says he vividly remembers something Nate James said about what was going to happen next.
0: First thing I remember about that was uh, Nate saying, um, uh, Nate in a huddle uh, saying, you know, let's get on. Um, ESPN classic or instant classic. That was the phrase. Let's make an instant classic. I don't know if you remember like ESPN classic used to have what was called an instant classic. I don't know if they still do. To so get on to ESPN classic is often games are years old and an instant classic was something that's like immediately when you saw it, when the game happened, everyone knew it'd be classic for years. And he said, let's make an instant classic.
1: But before the instant classic could happen, Duke needed to get the ball back. Reserve guard and defensive specialist Andre Buckner would play a role in that, but it was not the role he expected.
6: So, yeah, so we're in the huddle and coach pulls me and says, hey, Coach, hey, you know, Buck, you're in for so-and-so. And I remember the feeling of like, oh, man, like I, I had to, I always had confidence to play defense. I never worried one moment that I could come in and do that mission and, and, uh, and get a stop, you know. But the, the mission was to not foul, to come in and put pressure and see if we can cause a turnover, um, and and that was my mission. And I remember, um, you know, before the you know before the clock even started, the whistle blew, and they called me for a foul. And and I, you know, in in my mind, I didn't feel like I even touched the guy. Like right, it's like, you know, the whistle blew, and it's Nicholas going to the foul line. Nicholas is a very good free throw shooter, and I re- I remember just feeling like, man, I blew it. I blew the game, you know, and. Uh, that was our chance to, you know, to, to really, to actually possibly win it. And I remember just coming to the sidelines like, man, my bad, guys. I, I mean, I, I didn't feel like I fouled the guy, but um, the foul was called. And it was one of those things where, you know, they're just picking on the little guy. You know. And here's a foul before the inbounds pass. And we call on Andre Buckner.
1: So Dre Buck thought he had blown the game for Duke. Maryland's Drew Nicholas was headed to the free throw line, but he had to hit the free throws. And that's where Jay Williams and Chris Duhon came into play. Duhon told me he and his backcourt mate made sure the Maryland freshman knew how big the moment was as he headed to the line.
3: So uh, they had the freshman Drew Drew Nichols uh, that was in there who for the most part was a, you know, decent, you know, free throw shooter but you know he's probably like me, freshman, haven't been in this type of environment, you know, this type of game like, you know, I don't know how I'll react if the shoe was on the other side. So, you know, we follow him and you know, me and Jay are just talking trash to him all the way down there like oh you gonna miss this he ain't ready for this type of moment you know like we, i mean we're just in his ear like the whole way down and you know he misses and then i mean he and i are just so i'm like i'm usually on the line so i'm literally next to him saying and jay's like behind him saying it so i know he's hearing it from both ways and you know you kind of got to hide it because usually the refs don't let you talk to the shooter while he has the ball. So I mean, I'm just head down. Da, 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 da.
1: Shane Battier says he saw the woofing and he loved it.
3: We go back
5: on the court, we put our press on, we followed Drew Nicholas. And I'll never forget it like uh, I had, you know, if you watch the tape, you see Jay Will and Chris Juan just talking the entire way down the court to Drew Nicholas, just in his ear, saying you're 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 going to you're going to brick him. There's no way you're making them." And, and Drew just had this look on his face like, all right, yeah, yeah, was was so confident. And he missed the first one, and he was still smiling, yeah, yeah, and missed the second one. And we're just like, oh, these boys are tight.
1: <laughs> these boys are tight. As you might imagine, no one was happier with those missed free throws than Andre Buckner.
6: But, yeah, man, he went on and missed both free throws. And so it ended up, in in uh, in, in hindsight, it ended up being a, a great foul. I guess I made a great play, but but yeah, man. I mean that that was that was a scary, you know, it was a scary moment for me, man. Like, you know, not not that you know, there's a lot of things that go on that goes on during a game that you know can cause you to win or lose, but you know, in that particular moment, you know, had I, you know, the feeling is, had I not fouled, I, you know, who knows what could have happened? We could have got a steal. So. But yeah, man, that was that was a that was a tough one. And then uh, yeah, he missed both free throws and and uh, you know it was kind of all she wrote after that. Missed them both. Duhon with
2: a rebound. It's a five-point game. Duke has the ball. You believe what you're seeing? Oh,
7: it's another three It's a two-point game. Holy cow!
1: It was time for Jay Will to have a little more magic. He hit another three-pointer to cut the Maryland lead to two. Carlos Buza recalls what it was like watching his teammate become unstoppable. Jay Will took
2: the game over. Like, it was like, it was like okay, this, this, he's different. Like, he's arrived. This is the Jay Will that I want to see every game from now on. He literally got a ball, hit a three. Got a ball, got a dunk. Got a, it was like, it was, Jay Will was everywhere on the court, and we were literally just trying to, you know, get the flexions, get the ball back in his hand. Because when he's going like that, it's like get out the way or be a part of a highlight reel 20 years later, which is
0: what happened to Maryland. Guess what? Duke's back within two at Caulfield. This is, this is painful for this Maryland basketball club. And you can see they've lost so much
2: confidence.
4: This young man right here, Jason Williams, he is gonna stick a dagger in your heart. He has had a horrible night in the first part of this basketball game, but he shows what type of player he is.
7: I'm not quitting.
1: Those comments were reflected by Reserve J.D. Simpson, who says it was a treat to watch Jay Will in action.
7: Watching Jay Will was unbelievable. First of all, I got to watch him all the time because I had to guard him in practice. And so he, he was a really unbelievable talent. I mean, for someone his size, for as strong and as quick as he was, I mean, man, he'd take two dribbles on someone from a three-point line and dunk on them. And you know when you combine that with his ability to shoot and pat, I mean he really was a it, I mean he was unbelievable. Um, and we knew it you know Jay wills at, at that time in his career, his confidence wasn't as as high as it was later in his career. and so I think we 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 didn't spend a lot of time so I mean that, that but you know that was jay's Jay came together when he started believing in himself, right, and and that was unbelievable. See, I mean, you saw that at the last minute of the Maryland game, you know, Jason really starting to believe in himself, really starting to come together and say, hey, I'm gonna take, you know, take control of this game.
1: It would eventually be fifth year senior co-captain Nate James who would complete the Miracle Minute comeback, getting fouled on a rebound and knocking down a pair of free throws to tie the game. That meant overtime. And as Mike Dunleavy told me, there was no way Duke was going to lose in the OT.
7: The whole thing was a blur. But the one thing I do remember was after we tied it up and sent it to overtime after being down that, much, that, that amount of points with, with less than a minute remaining, I do kn- I knew that we were going to win the game at that point. Um, I think we all did. It just, we had those guys, if, if they couldn't have closed us out then. There was no way they were going to beat us in overtime. So I do remember that feeling. Now, certainly you got to go out there and do it, perform and make plays and and win those five minutes. But there is just that feeling of like, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game.
1: But despite Mike Dunleavy's confidence, the overtime was not easy. Everyone remembers the Miracle Minute. But how many remember the game-saving play at the end of the overtime? Duke was clinging to a two-point lead with only seconds left. And that's when Shane Battier turned in one of the best defensive plays of his storied career.
0: A 3 would win it for Maryland. Here we go. Dixon.
7: Dixon into the line. Oh, Battier rocks it! Unbelievable!
5: You know, I, I remember... Um, one of my favorite plays in my career was uh, the block of Juan Dixon at the end of the game. Juan Dixon was our best player and super, super dangerous guy that we really respected. And he went to the hole, and I, I, I just timed it perfect and, and got the block shot. And I uh, wasn't even close to a foul, even though Gary Williams was throwing his coat off and going, and going crazy. And uh, in, the, in the timeout before, I told the guys, I said, guys, when we win this game, you know, we're going to win it. We're going to walk off like we expected to. You know why? Because we did expect to. You know, and there's nothing more infuriating uh, to a team to win like that and not react. And so that was our way to sort of, of, you know, jabbing the knife in a little deeper that we're not going to celebrate like we expected to do this while they're demoralized. And uh, that's exactly what we did. If you look at the video, like we celebrated for a moment, then we went to shake their hands and walked off. Hey, we went crazy in the locker room. Now, I mean, we just, <laughs> you don't see that. We went crazy in the locker room. Like, what in the hell just happened? Uh, but it was uh, it was an amazing win um, on so many levels. But um, you know, maybe most importantly, it planted that seed in Maryland uh, that said, I don't know if we can beat these guys if it really matters <laughs> when it really matters. <laughs>
1: That notion that Shane spoke about, that Duke didn't outwardly celebrate because they expected to win, is something Chris Duhon also recalls about the end of the game.
3: You know, another thing about our mindset is that, you know, Shane would always try to say, like, hey, let's let's not over-celebrate. Let's let's walk out like, hey, we knew, you know, this is what we knew that we were going to win this game. Like, Shane was kind of one of those playing chess, mind games, you know, with everybody. So it was just kind of like, hey, let's go shake everybody's hands. Like, hey. And then when we get to the locker room, we can, you know, super celebrate. Great experience, a great moment, um, a huge win for us. And I think that kind of set the, the tone for, for us as a mental, mental, mental tone for us against those guys uh, throughout the rest of that, that year.
1: As for the hero of the contest, Jay Williams, 20 years later, his biggest memory is what Coach K did when the game was over. I always say that the most, one of the most gangster
4: things I've ever seen, Coach K, after that game, we're celebrating, he's walking directly over to Gary Williams to shake his hand. Like, it wasn't like Coach K, I saw him celebrate, or it was like he walked to Gary Williams, with the feeling that we expected to win this game, and that was the that was one of the coolest things I've seen. And I was like, "Oh yeah, we did. Wait, we did expect to win this game, right?" Yeah. So, um, so no
1: extra, no extra emotion, no extra anything, just like ordinary. Like I mean, like you'd won I, I, by I, ten. I
4: know if we got a chance to see it. By the time I throw the ball up in the air, I run. I I remember this. I hug. Like I jump in Boozers, jump on Boozer to a degree. And next thing I know, I'm looking up, and Coach K is walking like just with a straight face, no real emotion, just over to Gary Williams to shake his hand. And you know, I'm looking at Gary and Gary's sweating. Gary's Gary. I love Gary, by the way, after like knowing Gary for a time after I graduate from college, right? Like Gary's cursing, Gary's so pissed off. And it's Coach K just, you know, like very stoic, shakes his hand and walks by and is like waiting for us in a locker room. And I'm just thinking to myself, yeah, shit. Okay, like, yeah, like it's time that like that is gangster. That is gangster. Yeah, move on to the next game. <laughs> like, all right, we we won this. Great. We'll study tape. We'll move forward. We'll get better from this experience. But like, we came here to expect to win. This isn't something that we should be celebrating up and down. Even though it was miraculous, I think it was that kind of mindset that that led us to a championship.
1: Meanwhile, back in the locker room, the players realized that what they had done was really special, and it would set the stage for them to achieve bigger things down the road. Again, here's Shane Battier.
5: The locker room was just electric. I mean, it was a a mix of disbelief. It was a a mix of elation. It was a mix of um, just belief in each other. Um, That was a a really, really fun ride home, Um, but in true form, like we had bigger goals than just to beat Maryland and Maryland in the middle of the season. And so for a lot of teams that would have made their season and would have distracted them. Um, coach K's most famous quote for us. If you guys see any of the guys, he'll say next play. All right, guys, great play. Time to move on to the next play. Can we do this again? Can we hopefully not as dramatic as this, but can we do it again? Can we do it again? And that's a hallmark of our team that year the amazing consistency we had because we really, we really lived by the next play mantra. No matter if we had a bad half or whether we had a great half, a great game, a great week of games, a great month of games, it was always next play, next play. What's next? Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And it it really was an amazing mindset by, by, by our team, um, which is really hard to do really, really hard to do, but it was, uh, it was the hallmark of our team that year.
1: That notion that something had clicked and that the team felt it could now do anything was echoed by big man Casey Sanders. That was the
4: thing that really set the fire underneath the team, where we were like, dude, we can, we can do anything. Like, If we can come in here and beat that team in that, this environment, under those circumstances, my God, we were absolutely P.O.'d. And uh, I just remember us after that game going, man, dude, that is, that's just, that's what we need to do. We need to have each other's back that much, that hard. And we
1: need to believe in each other that much. But before we go, there is one more aspect of this game that needs to be addressed. In the wake of Duke's unlikely victory, the Maryland fans turned violent, attacking the section where the Duke families were sitting. Here's Carlos Boozer.
2: Now, the part that we're getting to with these fans is it's one thing to lose. And we've lost before. We've lost to Maryland. We've lost on our home court to different teams. And our our fans wouldn't do this. But the Maryland fans decided to throw bottles, Gatorade bottles, on our, on our family section who were watching the game. My mom got hit with a bottle. Jay Will's mom got hit. Dante Jones' parents got hit. They're throwing batteries. It was like, you, you take it from a great rivalry, a phenomenal game, no matter who won that game, that was a phenomenal game. And you turn it into like, like, like hate took over for those fans. Which, you know, It was very disturbing. Like, our security had to go up in the stands, grab our family, and bring them to a safe place because we're worried about our family being hurt and going to the hospital, having to carry our parents who are 40, 50 years old out of a stadium where they're just watching their kids play. I mean, honestly, even thinking about it now, it kind of pisses me off. Like, how in the world are you going to – like, if you beat me at a game, at a sport, at a game, I'm not going to throw a Gatorade – glass bottle at your mom i'll shake your hand you know what you were better to me today and i'll go work on my game and get better for the next time i go against you i'm not going to throw a bottle on larry on on Lonnie baxter's parents and our fans wouldn't do that either so this was like one of those moments in sports that you wish never happened and to this day my mom still won't go to any games at, at university of maryland
1: We have to take a break, but coming up, a look ahead at the next episode of Return to Glory, the story of the 2001 Duke Blue Devils. Welcome back to Return to Glory. We wrapped up our look at the Miracle Minute, perhaps the most famous regular season game in Duke history. It was a contest that would provide the 2001 Duke Blue Devils with confidence that they could accomplish anything, that they could climb any mountain, but they had no idea they'd have to embark on that climb without their beloved big man.
2: And then I come down, I can't remember if it was a rebound or what have you, but I felt a pop in my foot.
4: Brought me into his office and said, Hey, Casey, look, I need you to do only two things. I need you to run and I need you to defend. He's like, you do both of those and we are going to succeed. Can you do that? And in my mind, I'm like, my God,
5: yes. And I got really emotional and started crying and yelling and throwing chairs. I said, you guys don't understand, like you guys have more time. Nate, J.D., and I, we have we have very little time
1: left. The story of what happened when the Blue Devils lost Boozer on the next Return to Glory. Return to Glory is hosted, written, and produced by me, Jason Evans. It is a production of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the DBR podcast so you can get every episode the moment it is downloaded. Thanks again to the 2001 Duke Blue Devils for chatting with me about their miraculous season. And thanks to all of you for joining me for episode four of Return to Glory.